Okay, let's define frack party. Was she nude at the time? We're just trying to have fun, people. Join in on the fun. It'd just be like, eh. Welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is episode number 19, or... The Interregnum. Number one, the off-season show number one, whoever you want to call it. I am Brian, and joining me today is the full quorum. Jason. Dimitri. Michelle. Our website is galacticaquorum.com. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. That's G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. We have a voicemail, 206-2020-BSG. We are a podcast about Battlestar Galactica. It's the off-season, though. So what we're going to do is talk a little bit about Battlestar Galactica in the beginning, and then we'll segue into some content from other sci-fi shows. So at that point, if you guys don't want to listen to it, you can close out of whatever you're listening to. But the beginning of the podcast will be exclusively Battlestar for you Battlestar fans that are expecting content about Battlestar Galactica on a podcast that's called Galactica Quorum. And speaking of voicemails... We've got voicemails. Why do we have voicemails? Yeah, we got a voicemail from one of the cast members of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, here it is. Hey, Galactical Quorum, how are you? This is Alex Ponovic. I play Sergeant Fisher, who is now faceless on Battlestar Galactica. And uh, I just got to tell you, a fantastic podcast. I love what you guys are doing. Um, actually, me and Tom Pennicott, who plays uh, Hilo, sit, sit around with, uh, with our uh, popcorn and, and, and PJs, and, and we... We listen to it all the time. He likes to play a little bit more, but uh, I have to nip it in the bud. Um, but, uh, again, thank you so much, and um, I think you guys are doing a fantastic job. I have a new movie coming out called Taming Tammy. Um, you can find it on MySpace, and um, I hope you guys all check it out and see it. Again, you guys, fantastic. Tom, Tom, no, no, not the peas. I don't want peas. He wants to throw peas. All right, thanks, guys. We'd just like to thank Alex. For calling into our voicemail line. It was totally awesome of him. And uh, I can't explain how stoked I am about that. Very exciting. So cool. Check out his new movie. We just want to plug it again. It's Taming Tammy. We're going to put a link to his MySpace page on there so you can uh, take a look at that movie. I feel I feel like I've been legitimized by this voicemail. It's awesome. And the mention of Tamo is like totally cool because we love Tamo too. Tamo can call in. I yeah, mean, totally. anyone can call in. Tamo can call in and tell us his love of peas. <laughs> okay, we have another voicemail. Not a cast member, but still important nonetheless. Hey, guys. This is Amanda Dominic from Pennsylvania, and I got to say I love your podcast. Finally, a podcast where they don't bash Hilo. Good God, it's so hard to find these days. Well, actually, speaking of the Agathons, uh, did anyone else feel a little dipped out of in Crossroads Part 2 with the cruds happening with Hera? I mean, Roslyn? Uh, Athena and Caprica 6 and Hera, all in the same dream in the opera house, which usually kind of something to do with the final five silence, and it didn't show, and it just ended. I mean, think about it, like, years down the line when we look back on this episode, probably the most important fact wouldn't be who the, the re- revealed before silence of Starbucks coming back. It'd be just, like, some, the dream sequence. Well, I would like to hear you guys' opinion on that, and I just like to say, keep up the good work. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Who bashes Hilo? No, other podcasts. Other podcasts do. Significantly. Why? I don't know. They just think he's a tool. Well, yeah, but there's no reason to bash him. Well, they do. Every show needs a tool. Yeah. <laughs> We're the Apollo bashing podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> different podcasts, different flavors. Yeah. yeah Every right. podcast has their own tool. That's right. Was her... Um, was it that 
the opera house it was a, kind of a big scene, but then it got no play and Hera disappeared. Is I that, think the what she's saying is, short? I guess it comes down to a lot of this is why are all these different people having these visions? Like Rosalind suddenly having them, Boomer or Athena is having them. Right. That all kind of ties together to me. It's not just Hera; it's everyone. They're all suddenly becoming part of the shared projection, which I, maybe that's what it is. It's a, some kind of projection. Rosa might be having it because of you know, the Cylon blood. Right. That's in her. Yeah. If it's still in her, why does she have cancer again? I, I posted on our website some storyboard art from the Maelstrom episode. Go check that out. I have about 10 frame grabs that show some of the concept art that they used for that episode, the effects, and a couple shots of Lee and Starbuck against a green screen when they're in their vipers. That came from the press DVD, and part of the press DVD has the final two episodes, The Crossroads, Part 1, Part 2. There are some scenes in there that were a little different from what aired, and so I'm going to include some of those snippets of those scenes here, which I thought were interesting. The first one is from Crossroads, Part 1. It's where, after the Cylons are discovered to still be following the fleet, they discuss whether they should be ditching the raptor that came over with Six and Athena from the uh, base star when they were over the uh, over the algae planet. Madam President, your tea. Oh, thank you, Tori. So they have been following us. How? Tracking device. Maybe something in that raptor that Athena and her child escaped in from the algae planet. No, I had the chief strip it down to the skids at the time and everything checked out. Let's dump that bird overboard anyway. Begin searching the entire fleet for tracking devices. It's possible they could have placed one on a ship on New Caprica. And then there was a little difference when Ty confronted Six. In the aired version, he called her That Thing, I think. But in this version, he calls her the Cylon Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And then from Crossroads Part 2, there's a little bit of a scene where Lee is about to be sworn in to testify against his father. Who's not on trial. Who's not on trial. And Romo asks him a question, and he kind of dodges the question. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Sit down. Mr. Adama, did you meet with your father, Admiral? Adama, four days ago. Yes. At that meeting, did Admiral Adama express an opinion as to the guilt or innocence of the defendant? No. I see. Very clever. Let me rephrase the question. Did the Admiral express an opinion as to whether the defendant Deserved a trial. Let's go ahead and get to uh, some feedback. We got an email from... Actually, this ties in pretty well to what we were just talking about. This is an email from Jesse. A long time ago, in previous seasons, Ron did a Writer's Room podcast. Do you recall that one? Did any of you hear that? Basically, yeah. he recorded for like four hours, the writers... I think I heard half of that. ...talking about <laughs> upcoming shows for season two. And one of the things they talked about 
was having Rosalind become a Cylon over time because of the blood she got from Hera. And I'm so glad that they dropped that. Uh, it sounded way too sci-fi for this show. I was thinking, Wordish. if you, yeah, if yeah. you, it's like that's a show where you have tractor beams and laser beams yeah. in your show, not a, a show where you have you know these thrusters and they shoot bullets. And so I'm glad they dropped that. However, she continues here. Uh, the Cylon cells would eventually start to mutate to human cells. That was their thinking at the time in this writers' meeting. I think that instead of abandoning that idea entirely, that they saved it for now, which would explain her connection with Sharon and Caprica. You're debating then the, you know, how much human physiology do you put into a science fiction show? And it's the debate on do Cylon blood cells die? It, oh, too many different angles to think about. But there's just easily many ways to explain how she wouldn't have the Cylon cells anymore. Unless yeah, I mean, the cancer could come back. She could and, have pissed them out for all we know. <laughs> blood cells just die. Just like well, but, every other cell. But not really, that's, because that's, if Cylons don't just die, their cells don't just the die. The bodies die. No, no, no. I'm talking human physiology. Oh, I know. Human, blood, blood cells well, well, die. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I know that. Bone marrow creates more. Yeah. All right. She has a couple other ideas. She says, I think the fifth Cylon has to be Starbuck because it's really the only logical explanation for why the fifth didn't hear the music and didn't get revealed to the others. Starbuck wasn't on the ship because she was fulfilling her destiny. I agree with that. That seems to be the one that... I mean, how... Most people tend to think... I mean, unless it's someone... How is she coming back? It's either got to be someone we haven't met, or... It's plausible. Were there any other vipers not on the ship at the time? Any other raptors? I mean, Cat died, too, and... Maybe it was just some other person in the fleet who was, like, right. on another ship. It was like, right. what is this going on? And they couldn't get off the ship, and they are just going Down nuts. the prison barge. If it's confirmed that the four that we know that went in a room because they heard the Dylan song are the Cylons, the fifth Cylon has to be... A known character to us. It can't be a, a red-shirted B character on some D-sized ship somewhere else. You it know, it really has would to, not be that exciting to just introduce a brand new character. It just wouldn't as yeah. the fifth Cylon. It'd just be like, eh, yeah. You know, it has to be someone where you are just like, <gasps> oh my god. So maybe they're playing up the Starbuck, but maybe it's not Starbuck. Maybe it's someone else. I don't know. Well, except she's already dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll come back. Could be. If she was a Cylon, she Maybe she'll back. be the one standing on Earth. Maybe the fifth Cylon is Earth. Mother Earth. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we mentioned the Borg earlier. Maybe the Earth, the Cylons are already there. And so these Cylons are just trying to find their other Cylons. The 13th colony was Cylons. And then the whole planet is just one big metal ball. And it's called Cylon Earth. Isn't Hera... The Greek for... Hera was the lead female goddess in the main set of God. Okay. She was Zeus's but, wife. Yeah, I thought like Zeus was like god of... like the God of sky. Sky and, and, and Apollo was the and sun and Hera was the she earth. she like the mother of Apollo or something? Like Something yeah. like that. Yeah. A couple other things that she brings up real fast. She says Callie and Hilo couldn't be Cylons because they've reproduced children and Cylons can't reproduce with each other. And Gaiden being a Cylon would have made sense if it had been revealed already, but now we know that he is not one of the four. Right, he would have been in the room. Yeah. I'm so disappointed by that. I really am. What, the Gaiden wasn't? Yeah, I want Gaiden to be a Cylon. I don't know why. So you I could just... hate him more? Or... I love Gaiden. So you're a Cylon lover. I am. Okay, another email we have from Scott. He writes, Just had to check the theory that the Galactica was in the next galaxy over. I frame by framed it. They zoomed out of the Milky Way and zoomed right back into it. It was all the same galaxy. I see there was a sort of star cluster. It may have looked like another galaxy, but it was still attached to the Milky Way. 
I'm glad it wasn't a different galaxy. I can't stand when sci-fi shows don't know the difference between a solar system, nebula, etc. in an entire galaxy. That's true. Even if they're in the Milky Way galaxy, the distance between Earth and the next habitable planet is what? Actually, they just said something last week. The one they discovered, the, they think... The it, one they discovered is... is a trillion if, miles if away. If we uh, travel at the speed of light, it'll take 20 years. Right. Mm-hmm. But do we really need to analyze this so much? No, I no, guess the point. That's exactly like something you would do. What Shut are it. you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> See, the whole point of being a sci-fi geek is that my sci-fi has to be real where it can be. Yeah. I'm not going to argue the physics of phasers and, you know, warping yeah. and all that, but yeah, the galaxy, even Star Trek got it right. You know, the galaxy is a long damn far away. You can't really make that trip. I share the Scott's pet peeve with that, that some shows, they just willy-nilly throw out these terms. Oh, the next galaxy, the next solar system, as if they're interchangeable. And I think Star Trek did get it wrong once. Like, they went to another... There was one original series episode where they somehow they got flung to another galaxy, literally a galaxy, and they just... Of course, or in Men in Black, the galaxy is on Orion's belt, and there's a whole thing about you humans always try to put things in your perspective. I thought that was cool. That was cool. Orion was a cat. Yeah, Orion was a cat. The galaxy, the galaxy was, was, his, was on his collar. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to put it in human terms. Bottom line is, I don't mind if people say that we get our things wrong. None of us are scientific experts. Now, I think if the guy who's writing the show screws up, that's the person that should be getting reamed online. We're just trying to have fun, people. Join in on the fun. I'm not trying to have fun. I am having fun. Damn it. (laughs) Only only my advertisers are allowed to bitch. So if you want to bitch... Start supporting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you want to bitch at us, yeah. pay us. Pay us. And then I'll take all your criticism. Justin can bitch. Justin has contributed to our tip jar. Everyone else, right. you have nothing to say. Right. <laughs> I should mention plugs. There are a couple other podcasts and websites I just want to bring up. Galactica.com is a really cool place to get your information about original series and the Ronald E. Moore version. They have a separate section called GalacticaBBS.com where they have their forums. If you want to get away from the sci-fi.com bulletin board with all the junk and the shippers shippers and the the haters out there, uh, that's a really good place to go, so I recommend that. And also, I mentioned the last podcast, if you have a sci-fi podcast, a Battlestar podcast, or website, or what have you, let us know and we'll uh, plug it for you. We actually have a fan who listens who has a podcast about history. Doesn't really have much to do with sci-fi, but what the heck. It's called Tyranny of Time Podcast, and it's at tyrannyoftimepodcast.blogspot.com. I'm just geeky enough to check that out. Yeah. It's about history. Why not? Yeah. Speaking of podcasts, one of the Raleigh Moore podcasts that came out almost about the same time as the final commentary podcast for the season finale was the Frack Party they had. What? I, that just sounds funny. When you It's a thing. When you understand what they use the word frack for. That's true. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, I want to work on this show now. <laughs> it would, okay, let's define frack party. Uh, not quite maybe what you were thinking. Not literal? No. no. It's not pornographic. They were watching the show and recording some of their reactions in live time. That's a cool it. idea. Which but mostly what frat parties uh, yeah. are is like people just get together and they watch the shows together. For instance, uh, you can go online and find frat parties, let's say, you know, in Maryland, and then you 
email or whatever, and then everybody meets at someone's house that has a gargantuan projector and they can watch in HD like seven house. feet wide and <laughs> and uh, and then just you know. <laughs> so some of the things that were interesting in that podcast was during the show when they were revealing little bits of the song, it was funny to hear people say out loud. All, all along the Watchtower before yeah. they actually did the full reveal. Like, they, people got it, like, pretty early on. They did, yeah. When they did get closer to it, they're like, they're doing that song? It was, it was just kind of funny. And then the, the reaction of the people afterwards, I don't know if their reactions were tainted because they had the executive producer in their midst and they didn't want to be rude, rude or whatever. <laughs> Some of them seemed that a little... sucked, man. Yeah. I don't think anyone thought it sucked, but they probably were like, you know, if they were a little incredulous about the fact that they were Cylons, they didn't, like, overstate it too much. Some of the things that were interesting that came out of it was Ronald D. Moore said they had fake pages for the final couple scenes. They shot a different meeting of the four Cylons in the room where they had some other explanation for what it was. Something that was interesting was they shot two variants of Starbucks Return. In one, she was in the Viper. And in the other one they shot, when Lee goes to get his helmet and he turns around and she's in the room with him and says hi. I think hi, that would have been cool. I think that would have been like hard to explain. Like well, as that, it is now, yeah. you can well, that, would have, that might have been cool, but then how would she convince him to get into a Viper and follow him from within the Galactica? Like where would you go from there? I don't she, think she they could. were going to go to there. I think it would have been like he was getting ready to jump in the Viper, but she ended up being in a room... And the scene would have played out See, there. For me, the problem was she nude at the time? Uh, oh, I don't know. I, that's a good question. Because if she was nude, be, then, then he would really you know listen what? to anything If they had said. done that, it would have made you think even more that she was a head Starbucks. Right, because if she's in a Viper, there's two possibilities. He's projecting it, or she's actually in a Viper. Whereas if she shows up out of nowhere, there's three possibilities. He's projecting it. Or she's, a, yeah, or she's somehow wormholed in and is there. Or just something really mystical. The best scene that they filmed and didn't show was one where I used Daydream Believer instead of All on the Watchtower. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's see, Ronald E. Moore has mentioned that they had burned up a lot of money early in the season, so later they had to save money. And that certainly was true. And he does make a lot of comments so that going, fired the good going on location is expensive. Because they have to pay. I don't remember. He Especially did a breakdown of it, but it's really expensive to go on location based oh, yeah. how far away you are from the studio. Right. There's also things that you never even take into consideration. You have to house all the act, everybody, all the cameramen. Hey, you got the extras. Yeah, everybody, everybody has yeah. to be housed. Everybody has to be fed. And I watched one time a behind the scenes of some, just a small, like little B movie type thing. And the food that they showed that they were, you know, the catered and stuff, it was phenomenal. They don't screw around. It's not hot dogs. It's full on. And every meal is, is different. And keep the morale up. I guess food is one of the big ones. We talked last time about marine characters and maybe why they don't go to the planet as much. That's obviously a reason. Actually, I think the reason why I that appeals to me, the idea of the marine characters, is the whole Hilo in season one on Caprica storyline. I love that when he was just out there, just sort of on the run. He's the fugitive on Caprica. Yeah. That was cool. I love that. And it seems like something along those lines would be interesting to bring I out. had another idea. This has nothing to do with this, but before we talked about how each episode is somewhat of a standalone episode, even though there's an underlying story clearly, and that I had mentioned, or my wife Jen had mentioned, that maybe it'd be better if it was more like a soap opera where there's lots of storylines going on at one time. 
maybe a soap opera is not exactly the best way, but maybe like a pare down where every episode, instead of having four or five storylines, just have your standalone story, but then have one continuous story or one and a half or two stories that are furthering the whole big picture. But you can still have your standalone story, but just have the underlying big story just be a little bit more, more substantial. I don't know if it was in the Frack Party podcast or an interview I read, but Moore mentioned that they get some push from the network. They need standalone shows because it's better for the casual viewer who comes in and watches it. But because of the quality or lack of this season, where the ones that were in the middle of the last half really weren't as good, he seemed to imply that the network seemed to say, all right, you can do more arcs now. Next season, we're not going to push you as hard for the single episodes. And which would be see good. the interesting thing is I mean Heroes Sci-Fi is owned by the same network right it is NBC well remember, NBC right NBC owns the station NBC doesn't necessarily own the show okay there's a production company. well, I, well the, the the show or exactly but if if NBC or if Sci-Fi is a network that's owned by NBC and Sci-Fi is the network that's dictating to Battlestar Galactica that they need to have their shows be more standalone, less arc, but NBC owns the show or controls the show Heroes. If you watch Heroes in like a mixed up random order, it's not going to make any sense because none of the shows are standalone. So in that sense, Battlestar Galactica should also have the opportunity to make all its shows less standalone, more arc, like Heroes does. Because if you watch Heroes episode one and then go to episode nine and then back to three, it's not you're going to be totally confused. It's not going to make any sense. That's a whole big debate in TV right now. Lost is one of the prime examples. They started out with a serialized show, but then it got popular. They started dragging things out to make more shows. And make more money. Make more money, but you started losing <laughs> your people that watched it originally. And the problem with serialized shows was what sci-fi might be pushing. As you said with Heroes, it's hard to get people to... You couldn't drop someone in to Heroes or Lost right now. My wife happened to be in the living room just watching the first part of Heroes on Monday. She's like, I don't get it. And I said, I said, well, not only is it a bad show to come in on in the middle, this could be one of the worst possible shows you could have picked to come in on. Right. Because it was the future show. Right. So you have no idea what's going on. But you know who was really good at that was Joss Whedon's really good at that with Buffy and Angel of doing what you were talking about, where you had the arc show, Mm -hmm. but you had little standalone snippets in almost everything that either stood completely alone or it was also very good at working the standalones and the gimmicks into the overall arc. Let's say that you get 85, 90% of the show and then 10% you're not sure what's going on is that I think that's an acceptable a show that actually that's still doing it it's running its last season now Stargate they have this pretty heavy duty arc that's been going non-stop since the beginning and the arcs changed the main villain has gone from one villain to a completely different type of villain but right now it's the last season and the arc is there but last week's episode was a completely standalone. I mean, you know, they, they went to a new planet, they met some new people, but underneath they were still, you know, in the back of their mind, some of the conversation that they had was about the arc. Well, it's like when we were talking about the really bad show this year, you compared it. I think Brian's line was talking about this is generally considered the worst show since X and whatever mm-hmm. other season. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the other show, I never saw that one. I just missed that one. But the thing is, was it was apparently such a standalone mm-hmm. it that, was. It, that it didn't impact 
the whole show at all. And that's the problem with standalone shows, that if you miss them and you find out that nothing happened, you're not urged to go back and catch it. Right. Especially because we've seen Battle of Life also introduce the previously things that never existed. So, you know, what's the point of going back and seeing it? Because you may not get to see it anyway. Oh. If you're playing the Galactica Quorum drinking game, Jason just brought up the previously issue that he has. <laughs> Take a swig. That's right. Bastards. By the way, they just added a new channel on my cable system called Ion. I-O-N. And for the most part, for most days, it's like all infomercials. But they have like this collection of like old 70s and 80s shows they run at night. Sunday nights, original Battlestar Galactica episodes at like 9 and 10 or 10 or 11. Good stuff. Really, really cheesy, but fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of Battlestar news, Richard Hatch was on the podcast Geeks On a couple weeks ago. So they interviewed him and he talked for like an hour and a half. And it was kind of interesting. So if you want to hear Richard Hatch talk about the Battlestar and his, one of his new projects, he's actually a pretty engaging guy. Some more news. There was a game that came out. Uh, it was to all the platforms, Mac, PC, even Linux. And it's free. And it's free. I don't it's know how awesome. they're quite getting away with that. But checked it out. I haven't actually played the game. I've seen this, oh, is it the screenshots. It's complicated. The, the red, red Line. The Red Line? Red Line, yeah. That is a tough game. I, down, I downloaded on the Macintosh. There's probably, without lying, there's more than 50 key commands to fly a Viper. But the graphics are phenomenal. Yeah. The the Viper maneuverability is the only thing I can describe there is when you're churning or something, it's very slippery. So it's not like uh, when you play a video game of an airplane, you churn and the airplane just churns or dives and it's kind of just fluid. Here, if you're churning to the right or to the left, not only are you churning to the right, but you're still sliding forward kind of like a fishtail or like a race car drifts. So you're drifting and churning, and then there's uh, roll and yaw and all these other things that just get really confusing. The Dratus is there on the screen, and so you can see the Dratus, and you can see all the navigation, all the information is how many, how many weapons you have, where you're going, where the other ships are. And once again, the graphics are just phenomenal, but super difficult. What was the name again? Beyond the Red Line? Beyond the Red Line, I think it is, yeah. And it's free. It is free. And that should do it. Uh, we don't really have time, looks like, to discuss. After all, we talked about talking about other shows. We don't really have time to discuss other sci-fi shows. Sorry. Well, maybe one. Painkiller Jane. Well, just real quick, I wanted to, uh, when uh, Battlestar Galactica was ending, we were trying to figure out what to do in the interim. And uh, Brian was trying to catch up with Heroes, and so... We weren't going to be able to do that because there wasn't enough time. And so I suggested, well, hey, the week following Battlestar Galactica's end, there's a new show starting that was, it's called Painkiller Jane. So I was like, well, why don't we just watch that show? The previews seemed interesting. The concept seemed interesting. Well, let's watch that. That could be our interim show, at least for nine, ten weeks or whatever. And I got to say that it sucks. <laughs> it's Lately. one of those sci-fi shows. It's got a good concept, but it's low on budget and acting ability. Acting ability is a little, yeah, it's a little low. It's not good enough for me to keep it on my TiVo, so I took it off. I canceled the series. But for instance, the, the second show, there was a motorcade where the president was coming to this thing, and film should at least mimic life a little bit. If our president is going anywhere, it's not going to be. 100 people in the street and eight protesters. There's going to be 
thousands of people in the street and 800 protesters. You know, it should, if, it, he's, well, if he's expected to be there. Well, he was, ex- well, he oh, was okay. expected to be there. They had security. It wasn't enough. Or, you know, either you, you hire more extras and you do it that way or you make your shots tight. I just stopped watching it because it lost my interest. I lost my interest really. I don't even know if I got through the whole first episode. First of all, none of the characters really grabbed me. They seemed kind of stock. Like a lot of things seem so borrowed. Like she went into the control center. They had those monitors that were all arrayed around. And I was like, that just totally was crib from the Matrix. (laughs) Or from any other place. Right. It just looked so like that. And then the thing that really bugged me was in the beginning, she saw three people standing and she couldn't figure out which one was. They were supposed to be. It was like an illusion. And. One of the people had a shadow on the ground move, but they didn't move. And so, you know, she shot one of the people. And then later the person asked, how did you know it was me? And suddenly there's a flashback of the same thing we saw like 30 seconds ago of the shadow. And she said, the shadow moved and you didn't or he didn't. And I'm like, okay, they just kind of showed that, whatever. Not 10 minutes later goes by where she bumps into another guy and it clearly looked like she was sticking with the tracking device and she follows him, and he's later he's like, well, how did you find me? And once again, they go to this flashback, again, showing what she just did. And Right, as I, if we're not good enough right, to remember. I'm like, clearly this is built for a different audience than for me, because yeah. they assume I'm stupid twice in a half an hour. And I was like, I'm done. So that was it for me. So anyway, yeah. I never watched Pain it. Painkiller Jane is off. I, I think I must have discussed it on one when I was on travel, and we were seeing the previews, and I was just so nonplussed by the previews that... And I, you know, I really I hate to say it, but the acting ability is just so subpar. Well, the evil guy in, in this last episode, the third one, the bad guy there, he, his acting was actually pretty good, but hers is not. And she's actually not even... Michelle and I watched yesterday, one of our coworkers interviews her, and um, she she just... Uh, Loken? Yeah, Loken or something like that. Yeah, she... I just, I felt uncomfortable, if that's possible, I felt uncomfortable listening to her being interviewed because I felt that, like, just the way she, her mannerisms, the way she talked, she looked uncomfortable. So she can play a great robot, but not much else. You know what? Yes, because one, she had, what, no speaking lines in that movie? Right. I don't think she did. So, So yeah. Another red flag on these type of shows, another red flag is... When you see the star is an executive producer, as she is, zzzz, be careful. Warning. Oh, I didn't because, know. Yeah, and I saw it in the credits when I first I watched the show. It is because they tend to, like, start having that say. I mean, what is she? I don't know her that, or her that, background. That, that but. actually, that's a little concerning because if you're an ex-executive producer, you'd think that you can walk to walk, talk to talk. You're supposed to be. I would bet. Just completely no knowledge of this whatsoever. She was a name at least from the T3 movie. The people behind this show were trying to get a name that people recognized to be the star to give it some juice. But she's not. But she didn't want to do it. I would bet they offered her an executive producer credit to get her to do it. Probably. Okay, enough of that. But I think that'll wrap it up for this time. Next time, I guess we will get to some of these other shows. Sorry if you're so disappointed. So this has been the Galactica Quorum. Our website is galacticacorum.com. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. Please send us feedback. Send us an email with uh, MP3 of a question or a comment if you like. Or you could call our voicemail, which is 206-2020-BSG. Until next time, see you later. So say we all.
Let's go. Okay. Let's get it over with. That's the spirit. <laughs> it's that same high-quality commitment we bring to every podcast. <laughs> Let's get this crap over with. Uh, oh, Jesus. We've totally lost our mojo. <laughs> We've just totally lost it. This I is haven't what, lost what would it. You, okay. This is what happens when you take nine-month breaks from a show. 